0: episode 436 of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the Mayor of Jacksonville. Uh, we got ourselves a four-man crew tonight to discuss AEW Revolution and the fallout from the lack of fallout. Uh, joining me first, he uh, has a doctor's note that says that Rebel cannot participate in any matches with him going forward, but he'll call in uh, whoever he can, Nyla Rose or maki ito to flip everybody off it's the neo x i have a doctor's note I have a doctor's note you wrote a doctor's note is this <laughs> is this convoluted storytelling already yeah we'll get into that uh also coming in hot the casino tag team royal uh all by himself it's the uncle beak hey everybody These introductions are ridiculous. I can't
1: wait to hear what you have for Josh.
0: Oh, Josh is, uh, well, you can't, you just ruined it. You just ruined it, but. uh... (laughs) I'm going to ruin it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best
1: introduction ever, Derek. No hyperbole. Give it to him.
0: It's the founder and proprietor of the steel cage, Mr. Joshua Schlag. Hyperbole. Don't you fucking sound so happy about it? Jeez, Uh, Derek. I mean,. I'm sorry, you're not like Christian Cage signing with this show or anything. You come back often. Outwork that work. everyone. That's right. Josh, do we have any emails? No. Oh, God damn it. I figured with how long we've been off, we would at least have some emails. Uh, well, like I said, we're primarily talking about AE Revolution this podcast, but first I wanted to touch on what WWE has been doing, mostly with the WWE Championship. Uh, We had Elimination Chamber that has come and gone Uh, after the match. Drew McIntyre did defend successfully his championship, but had his ass kicked by Bobby Lashley and The Miz cashed in his grand scheme and his Money in the Bank briefcase to become the WWE champion. Uh, Since then, we had a fun little story. So what have you guys thought about how this has gone and the new WWE champion, almighty Bobby Lashley. Beak, I'll start with you. Uh, Well,
1: I I think it was a nice way to get there. It's a lot of fun wrestling stuff. I think putting Miz through all the rigmarole and him trying to get out all different matches on Raw was a lot of fun and irritating for a wrestling fan who just wanted to see, his get his, see him get his ass kicked. So congratulations, Bobby Lashley. It's really rad. I think it's cool.
0: It was great to see him use every heel trope to try to get out of defending yeah. the championship fairly. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. It was uh, that run, run away,
1: live to fight another day. But unfortunately,
0: <laughs> he had to do that repeatedly, same yeah. day, same. Took day. the took the swing at Bobby Lashley with the belt. He tried everything. He tried Indeed. everything. Uh, is it? I mean, is it kind of a pathetic run, Josh? Would you would you say that? I mean, is it, is it is it indicative of Miz as a character or is it like some people are acting, which is that it was truly disrespectful to him to have his championship run be that short? I don't think it's disrespectful. I mean, the Miz is the Miz.
2: Like, he knows his role in the company. He does it very well. And if his role is to, you know, be a literal transitional champion at this point, whatever i mean like he he's he's made events of wrestlemania already like that's already in his belt you know what what more does he have to prove
0: it's very true very true he has the top rated show of any wwe superstar also besides maybe stone cold steve austin but i do believe ms and mrs is even even more popular than straight up with with old stone cold uh neo bobby lashley is, is this is this really like WWE giving something that worked? You know, it's, it's due the way that the Hurt Business now has all the gold and the way that they have been kind of, you know, the best thing on Raw over the last year?
3: Well, it definitely, it proves, it, it definitely proves that WWE is pushing the Hurt Business to, to the moon. Um, I think my only gripe was just how it was done. Um, I really would have liked to see um, Bobby Lashley take it at least that fast lane. Um, That was just kind of my, my booking it. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Shane McMahon had to get involved. Right. Because Mm -hmm. to your point, he was using the heel tropes. And on one hand you could have thought as, ah, you know, he's doing what he can to retain said title, but then you had Shane McMahon needing to get involved. And again, so the WWE has this rule that if the if the champion gets DQ'd via countout, he retains. It's a rule. So then Shane McMahon has to come in and then tear up the rule book. There could have there there's could there could have been more elaboration, but then again, that's just me, you know, booking it after I watch the show.
0: No, you're absolutely right. What can you're you do? absolutely right. I would have it's... rather
3: had the hurt business like bribe Shane McMahon or Or just keep beating the shit out of The Miz. I I like the fact that, that it was a Lumberjack match. Maybe they should have done the Lumberjack match the next night or the night or the next Monday instead of doing it the same day. I'm like... Um. <laughs> well, Shane's it's, it's,
1: still getting back at, uh, at Miz for shit that went down on SmackDown like years back. That's what it seemed like. He's like, eh, I'm just going to keep busting this guy's balls for shit that went down that probably nobody remembers except for Jeremy on the podcast right now.
0: Shane is absolutely getting all of his vendettas <laughs> out. That's what we saw also with Braun, right? So, I mean, he's the change just in vengeance mode for some reason. Well, people saying uh, that just... Miz getting
1: disrespected is also ridiculous. Imagine being disrespected by being in the title picture and having the title for a while. Ooh, disrespect! What a what a rude. But it's thing just to do it's with just that. typical. Like
3: <laughs> like this is just Shane on his schedule. Every year around this time, he has to show up on Raw and assert himself into some sort of segment angle. Like oh. get fucked, dude! You're not a wrestler. It was like get the fuck out of here. Especially
1: awful on
0: Raw this week.
3: It's like no one needs you Shane. Like you don't drive ratings. I'm sorry. You just don't.
0: I think what you said earlier too is, is the best point. And I I was kind of getting to that with uh, my, my first question, which was just like this, this whole thing seemed like it was rushed. You know, it seemed like WWE doesn't usually have a really good story that they've planned out at least from beginning to end. This one seemed like, like it did, right? I mean, we were going to get this inevitability. It was going to be uh, only a matter of time until Bobby Lashley beat Miz. Miz running from Bobby Lashley and figuring out ways for a couple of weeks to not defend his title against Lashley, may- maybe it would have grown stale, but I just feel like that it had more legs to it than this. I liked when Miz was trying to appeal to Bobby Lashley's you know ego and say, this should happen on a bigger stage, you know, you've you've been after this for 16 years. Uh, I mean, the WrestleMania thing was great, but it could have been nice for him to, you know, be like, "All right, Fastlane, Fastlane," and then maybe Fastlane is where when they set it up for. It, it just it feels at times like WWE doesn't really want to promote things properly, you know. Uh, and honestly, that that could span across all of wrestling. At times, it feels like nobody. Uh, wants to promote things properly, but especially something like this, I feel like they they should have had Miz come up with a couple of more, you know, schemes to get out of defending the championship. I, I, I agree with Neil a hundred percent that sure. Shane getting involved after he already technically defended the championship and making him defend it, you know, again and again, and just whatever it took to get him eventually to lose it uh seemed kind of ridiculous considering you know the the established rules that wwe has put out there for this kind of situation right they're just
1: trying to roll bobby quickly into his whatever program they're gonna have him for wrestlemania maybe like
0: we gotta just get into it oh and that's the bigger problem is that they (laughs) they seem to always be making their decisions on the fly it always seems like it's something that they are you know that that they need to do something quickly because they didn't have it in their plans. This wasn't a situation where someone got injured and they had to take Mm. them out of the picture. They had plenty of time to set up a proper plan and and give everything that they were doing some time to do it. You know, the, the elimination chamber. Yeah. That was a perfect scenario to show that drew had fought off five former champions and you know, that he was basically uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was the most vulnerable that he would ever be. And then on top of that, you have the fact that Lashley comes out and attacks him. I get it. They set it up great. But going forward, the rest of the game plan kind of just fizzled out really fast. I am glad to see Bobby Lashley champion, though. I do think that the Hurt Business has earned this. I think that they have been just, again, uh, a definite you know, stand out on Raw when it didn't even feel like they were giving a push at times. I know that they had the championships, but, you know, what they did on Raw Underground, just thinking about back about a lot of moments that they had over the last year, they have been one of the things on Raw that has been consistently good uh, throughout a year that you can't say Raw had very much of that.
1: Yeah, when when there was no crowds, they actually were the only thing worth watching on the show. Like... You kind of watch the rest of the show is kind of like Angel Garza and uh Retribution almost no this was even before <laughs> then but they like way back oh, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah it was just yeah, yeah. it was just their faction was Zelina Vega and then the Hurt business and the Hurt business just stood out and then ran it with it the entire year.
0: Uh well you bring up another really interesting story that has come out which essentially is Dave Meltzer stating that uh it sounds like um because of what happened with selena vega that alistair black is essentially uh being put into catering until the end of his contract uh that i don't think necessarily melter made the connection with selena vega but i think if you're looking at the situation uh i haven't heard about anything that alistair black particularly did himself to be in the doghouse so you're, you're kind of connecting dots there yeah unfortunately the guy's really really great right it's incredible right like it's such an incredible like thought that that's what they're going to do with him uh he is definitely the type of guy that i imagine they don't want going elsewhere because he is going to be a massive star wherever he goes
2: totally like not just great from the the sense of hey we we saw him come up through the indies but like we saw what he did in nxt like he's very capable of doing awesome stuff being on tv all that stuff like it i i don't get it i i you know we talk about like connecting the dots like to me it, it feels like there's a, a dot here and a dot here and it doesn't take a lot of work to connect <laughs> them it. at this yeah. point like ah uh, just the whole situation with the zelena vega just Ticks me off to no end, and yeah, this just seems like a continuation of that real life storyline. Like you're Falcon absolutely Zaman.
0: right. It's just amazing. all of that with the with the the these guys doing the streaming and sharing themselves, and WWE cutting in on that and ending them doing that. It makes sense, but it's pocket change it, to them, really. It's so pocket change. It's so petty, right? Yeah. Like it's literally them not wanting to give you know, anything. let these well let them create like their own brand outside of wwe which you is know, absurd pay.
1: they don't even understand how better if somebody jump- stumbles upon this really entertaining twitch stream they go this person's a wwe wrestler i need to check that out that's money for them it's uh-
0: not only that but then they didn't capitalize on it by having them stream under a wwe stream yeah. like if they want to stream let them but let them do it for you and then share the profit with them that you're getting from their Twitch stream. It doesn't seem that hard. They to used to put everybody's Twitter fucking
1: handle. They could put people's Twitch uh, URL up there. Like, they were all about Twitter and I don't think they had any stake in Twitter at all. It's ridiculous.
0: I feel like it's them falling behind the times. I feel like, once again, we know that is Vince this? is out of touch. But, you know, yeah, this this Twitch This discord sounds like
1: drugs. Twitch, what are they
3: doing?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sounds like this podcast. (laughs) Oh, oh, I don't like those kind of accusations. And we're just going to be moving on, sir. Um, that's slander and clean living. Yeah, so (laughs) the big thing we're going to talk about tonight is AEW Revolution. Uh, I had the chance to be in attendance, and it was a pretty incredible show that was marred by an unbelievably uh, horrendous ending. Uh, so I want to talk about it. <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, I, I, I very, very much enjoyed the show from the get-go, and I think that this really is one of those shitty situations where a show was really stacked and good from top to bottom and a dumb thing happened. (laughs) That was a a very major dumb thing, but a a dumb thing nonetheless that completely ruined the reputation of the show. Would you guys all agree having watched the shows yourself, the show yourselves?
1: No, 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 no. Okay. I, I guess we'll just get to it. Everyone who's watched the show saw the ending of this amazing Death match. it even was even if you fest. didn't
0: s- see anything else you probably saw the very ending of this but
1: the the match itself was great it had a, a excellent pacing they were only working with 30 minutes so it was a high level match and they they didn't stop both these guys are tremendous but then yes at the very end when the 30 minute timer went off there was sparklers and little poofs of smoke that went up but the reason it went up snakes like that is sparklers because, snakes and sparklers they're my favorite kind uh <laughs> the reason it happened that way is because we've heard Kenny Omega is really bad at making exploding rings. Correct. So there you go. That's why it there's happened. Your, no big deal. There's
0: your answer. Yeah. It, it's no big deal. Subject it was all, changed, subject to it, change. Right? <laughs> including the exploding ring. The exploding ring may not show up. Uh, now I, I will say this from, from being there that the, the explosions were very effective and very terrifying. I have no idea how they came off on TV but it got to the point where I didn't want the explosions to go off anymore after the first two, because my nerves really couldn't take it. Um, But then I found the explosives guy and I could watch him and see when he was going to do it. So that made it much easier on me and my nerves. So from, from my perspective,
2: like, you know, watching this match, it's, it's goofy. Like you gotta admit it's, it's a goofy ass match an exploding barbed wire death match. Okay.
0: I'm sorry. Sounds crazy, but but when <laughs> get him, Neo. Fucking <laughs> get him, Neo.
2: So I mean, you're you're watching it and you're like, okay, yeah, barbed wire, that's legit. Explosions, yeah, it's things are exploding near them. They're kind of like little things going off, but you know what? Like when it comes down to it, like in the in the essence of pro wrestling, especially with the match they had before that the cinematic match, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Um, like it just felt like you know what? This is fun, like let's all kind of just get in the mindset that these explosions somehow do something to them physically. And you know what, the, the loudness and, and, you know, these things going off in their face, at the very least there's that effect. And so, yeah, as a fan, like it was really fun to watch and that's, that's why I got involved in it. And I I guess like from my perspective, yeah, it, it all came down to, to that, that finish. And for me, like the show, you know, I, I don't say the whole show is garbage as a result, but if I look back on this show that honestly me as somebody who doesn't watch the product on a week-to-week basis, like that's going to stick with me. And, yeah, you know, I, I feel bad about it. I know it's not the sort of thing. I mean, they sure as hell wouldn't allow something like that to happen again. Um, lessons learned i i don't know it's just one of those things like i, I don't i don't think it's the end of the world and yeah the, I, I don't know what the full explanation was tonight but
3: yeah the, the ending is what everybody's hanging up on but let's not forget this is probably the first uh barbed wire death match that anybody in the states has probably seen Right. oh yeah of course like it's
2: it's got quite a legacy uh, in japan as as a lot of us saw in in the the twitter follow-up with people posting this is how it could have been should have been obviously <laughs> showing a lot of things that there's no way they even have the possibility to do you know yes. in that particular venue so like
0: right like
1: how, how close derek was sitting if they had those kinds of explosions he would have we would have lost derek
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i would i would be dead which would please so many of you i'm sure uh, they they also didn't really do a great job of moving the talent that sits on the floor right there back too far. Like they did push them back a little bit, but then they just got up and walked closer anyway. So it didn't seem super safe. So and we're not I,
1: Marks. We'll get right next to that shit. I, th-
0: I think <laughs> that might've played into the disaster that happened a little bit. Right. So mm. um, I, I was sitting basically kind of close to the left side of the ring and, After one of the explosions on that side of the ring, the explosions wire was just like it was one single wire that went across the bottom underneath the bottom rope. And it was kind of like hidden in by the barbed wire and stuff, but it was in the same position on each side of the ring on the three sides of the ring. Uh, And when that particular one went off after I think Omega, one of them, got thrown into it, uh, it looked like it burned hot. Now, I don't know because I didn't get a chance to see what exactly happened. I don't know if it caught fire or what, but there were like safety guys positioned, you know, outside of the view of the camera that had like clippers, you know, like, like wire cutters. And for some reason, after that one went off, they jumped over the railing and cut it and pulled it away and went away with it. Uh, But it looked like due to safety. There was something hmm. with some of those talent right there that I don't know if they were like overreacting or what, you know, kayfabeing it up or what, but it looked like a couple of them, like the explosion got too close to them. And now that wasn't the one on the floor when uh, Ome- or uh, uh, Moxley dropped Omega, like doing the side slam onto the floor. That one was actually even closer to the talent, but it seemed to go off, you know, safely. The other one that they cut and moved I, I think that's what happened. When you look at the video, there is no explosion from any of the explosives that are still left on the ring, which are underneath the bottom rope. None of those go off. Only thing that goes off, like you said, is the sparklers and the floor explosions that were you know, down lower. I, I think the plan was to have it just fill up with so much smoke, not exactly get that big explosion, Josh, like they were showing in those videos. The The one where the crowd is like, obviously 20, 30 yards back (laughs) away from the ring. Right. But uh, I think their intention was just to have that small space fill up with so much smoke from like the, the simultaneous explosion that it filled up the camera and filled up the view. And you don't see, you don't see Moxley and you don't see, you know, Eddie Kingston laying on top.
1: And one of those nice big concussive booms too, at the same time, probably.
0: Right. Now, I don't know how much stock you can put in this, but the previous night I was hanging out with uh, Lindsay Snow, the the American Kaiju, by the way. Uh, we're, we're, we're brokering a deal, you know, I'm trying to keep I like I got some American Kaiju shirts I still need to sell, so if I'm not going to work with Devin, you know why not? Anyway, um, she was doing a tattoo for a friend of ours, and she actually said that there was a test run that she saw. And the explosion was really impressive. So I don't know when the test run was and I don't know what she saw. But I mean, I think based on what we were seeing during the match, it seemed like it was going to be cool when it went off. I was also very confused by the rules without commentary because we just got shown like the rules on on screen written. And it it wasn't up for very long, but I thought I remember it saying that the ring was only going to explode if they surpassed the 30 minute time limit. But then that didn't surpass the 30 minute time limit. Like the match was over, there's no ring. The reason the there, ring should have exploded anyway. There were definitely
2: uh, some other like production issues with like the like the the ominous sound with the countdown or something. It was going so on cool
0: point. sounding, like it was it, so it cool, was. and
2: then they just stopped it. But <laughs> like, but, but, but it, it just like, started oh. happening, and the announcers like didn't really have any indication as to what exactly it meant. They're like, we think that's about ten minutes left. Well, to,
3: like, to to me, whenever the sound cues came on, it, it was it was kind of. It was so um, ominous that when I heard them, I was thinking automatically in my mind, okay, something's going to go down, or the time limit is lessening. You know, it's not like New Japan where the announcer automatically, you know, shouts out the um, the, The time left. They said it was some kind of warning. But it was a warning. Yeah. 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 but and it sounded like a nuclear warning of some sort. But
0: it was awesome. That's the problem. And then they went to a normal like beep when it came down to it. Like they didn't use the same sound for it. Like I was, I wanted that sound to get right. louder and just keep kind of beeping and just being there the whole time. Midway through it happening, it just stopped and then didn't come back. And then we got the end clock that came up. I will say that of all the explosions that made me fucking jump out of my seat. The, the Anderson and and uh Gallows bat was easily the the one I was not ready for the most. That one shocked the shit out of me and looked like it legit like a couple of so them legitimately cool. look like they could have been dangerous, but again, yeah. in person, right? Like you're seeing shit blow up fucking 40 feet from you. And Dude, the
1: one Kenny took to the face when he was selling it, it looked to me
0: like oh he, he okay. got fucked up. Okay, that's the one they cut that's not that you bring that up i remember because some guy next to us yelled out give the academy award to kenny omega it was yeah. pretty funny in the moment he's uh, yeah, like a motherfucker and so i didn't know if they just cut that wire just to just for again for kayfabe like to sell that kenny got flashed in the face and they need to get this stuff out of here i don't know but in the moment it didn't really seem as off but that's why afterwards when i was thinking about it i you know, kind of did what Jared would do. And I put on my engineer hat a little bit, a little my my little tiny engineer hat. And I thought, like it's like a Fez. It's
3: like an engineer Fez. It's
0: an engineer (laughs) Fez, correct. And I thought, you know, obviously explosives from what I've always seen are a circuit. And if you break the circuit, explosives don't work anymore. I think that's what ended up happening. What was really weird was as I was saying, I was watching the explosives guy. He had like a little orange box and he was had it open he was basically like turning on a safety pressing a button every time that they were going he had on a headset was told when they were doing you know a spot and he after after the entire debacle at the end and the sparklers and people are just sitting around forever staring at eddie kingston laying on top of john moxley and you could hear a pin drop in the arena like we were just all like what the fuck there's got to be something else right like Everybody's gonna die right now, right? What's it gonna happen? And that was it. And so um, I looked over at the explosives guy to see how he was reacting, and he just very quietly just closed his box and just, like unplugged his headset. And eventually, like after the murmurs started to like die down, he just got up and walked away. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that does not look like a guy that was surprised at all about what happened, right?" Like, so one of two things came into my mind either like in the moment i was like either that's how it was supposed to go off which obviously can't be that or that dude knew something was wrong before they even got to that spot and when the explosives didn't go off he was like well fuck it i knew that wasn't gonna happen that's what it sounds like to me and there was just
2: a curtain back there was just a lack of communication between all parties involved as far as what they probably should have done instead. maybe have a plan b i don't know it's That's, unfortunate. okay
0: you're you're absolutely right because that was my biggest question is explosives are like trying to fucking have a dog in a movie you, you can't plan on that shit you know so like there's always something that could go wrong and i'm just amazed that they didn't have any kind of contingency plan to back up you know the explosives going shitty like at very least I think Mega Rand said it. I've heard a couple of people said it. Turn the fucking lights out in the arena or something. Do some jittery board shit and just make the whole thing go away. You know, I, I don't know, but letting Eddie Kingston just lay on top of John Moxley and dry hump him as Kenny Omega said tonight uh, for like five whole minutes really wasn't the answer. You know, Eddie Kingston it,
1: apparently had a panic attack, dude. He, he could deal with it. He passed Yeah,
0: out. it was yeah. PTSD. see i think it sucks for them because i don't think they had any idea how big or shitty the explosion was i think that they probably got told when you know when the refs and the you know health staff came out but those dudes weren't looking they were both had their like eyes you guys look
1: like dickheads
0: yeah right hey we shit the bed with the fireworks What do you mean we shit the bed? No, we shit the bed with the fireworks. You know, uh, it's it's just one of those things. I can only imagine
3: what those little quiet conversations. I were just like. imagine the trainer yeah. takes out his cell phone. He's like, "Look, look what
0: happened? <laughs>
1: You've already been memed."
0: <laughs> oh my god, this Instagram video already has fifty thousand views, and it just <laughs> happened two minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to give all the credit in the world to John Moxley, though. He made that situation so just like, we were all in on it together as the audience. Like we, you know, and, and like he laughed about it in a way I've never seen John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose laugh in the entire time he's been a, a television star. It was just a legitimate belly laugh at the situation. And I mean, that's all you can do in this moment. It was so silly and ridiculous that sometimes you just got to laugh at it. And when he just says, <laughs> Kenny Omega's a tough son of a bitch, but he can't, he can't build a goddamn ring worth a damn. Like that shit was hilarious. Like we, and he dropped an F-bomb, like every other word after one point, uh, it was exactly what needed to happen. The thing I appreciated the most though, was that he kept selling the match while he was giving this speech. He kept like wiping his face and like almost falling down. Or at one point he just like rolled over on top of the bat and was like, Ow and then he got up and kept talking like just everything about it uh just really impressed me because john moxley has always given the 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 impression that he didn't doesn't give a shit about anything right it's The impression that you get that's the impression that you get don't no, 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 don't no, no, i will no, sing that entire
1: song
0: I'll dance along to it right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I it's on my playlist. I listen to it almost every day when I run. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they <laughs> I can't. I can't. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, the impression that I get, it's the impression <laughs> gives, I think. Is what I said. All right. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's talk about how shitty AEW's merch situation is. Really fast. Uh, what I got? Yeah, I got there when the show started and they have in-person merch merch. in-person merch they have a very Uh, good process which i like and that is the as as many people have seen they have the ordering from your phone and picking up at the at a pickup area so you don't have to go stand in line and miss you know a considerable portion of the show waiting in line to buy merch sure problem i have is that uh when i got there the first thing I did was log on to the merch website and they were already sold out of almost everything. I think my problem with that is that I get that they have one hour tees slash pro wrestling tees do their merch, but this is in their home base. You know, this is in Jacksonville where this company is based out of. It seemed just like they it, it seemed like they're turning down money by not having enough merch for this crowd that's very small. It's a very small venue already compared to a lot of venues that that they perform in. And it's only get? at 25% capacity. Um, I wanted the John Moxley Kenny Omega Deathmatch shirt, <laughs> uh, but that one was oh, sold yeah. out already. So then I was just kind of looking at other stuff, not stuff I was necessarily gonna buy, but like a hoodie. It was pretty cold out, and I was thinking maybe I could double up on hoodies. The only hoodie they had was the AW branded hoodie and they were sold out of that. Um, and I eventually bought myself a scarf that was a lifesaver because Florida was very cold this weekend and I needed the scarf uh, for my fragile skin. So <laughs> I love this scarf very much. It was very warm and I was very glad I bought it, but it was overpriced and one of the only things that they had in stock. It was more of a kind of a forced situation rather than what I wanted to buy from the merch stand, mm. you know? Uh, But again, I just think it's, I I think it's weird because again, you had this ability to, I know, I know you can't account for everybody in the arena, buying the shirt and, and bringing enough for everybody, but selling out before the show even started seems a little crazy and a little short sighted but again, maybe it's pocket change. Apparently Tony Khan spends millions of dollars per month, according to his tweets, on uh, the production of this television show,
1: <laughs> that tweet was hilarious.
0: It, oh my it, goodness! Hilarious and unnecessary. I don't oh, understand yeah. why Tony Khan <laughs> is fighting with YouTubers on Twitter. Why did this
1: Why did this billionaire
0: do that to this girl? Because he fucking had time today. He <laughs> yeah, fucking had time. He's angry, is what he is. I yeah, mean, that
3: that's the PC. That's the PC description. He's just passionate about his business yeah
0: no he's fucking pissed off about the way the show went the other night and not in the mood for anybody's shit that's what's going on keep giving him hell tony Khan. that's what i say or tk that's what i call him tk i don't know did i tell you guys he follows me on twitter i think I yeah, brought d, up we heard about that yeah. d yeah okay anyway DMs. yeah all the time uh, all the time
2: uh yeah, i, I get yeah. that sentiment but you got you got to
0: reel that in a little bit when you're a public figure like that i feel like i i shit man you you and i have had conversations with each other about reeling it in on the steel cage account at times and that's not definitely not uh, a televised wrestling show on tnt so yeah uh i want to talk about maki ito because she's the greatest thing that i've ever seen in my whole entire life dude um, I'm, I'm
2: jealous that you get to see her live i my 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 exposure to her was like seeing you know her tweets you know like her, yes. her her original AEW tweet was like, hello, motherfuckers, or something like that. And <laughs> I, I didn't understand it until seeing her come out uh, at, at Revolution and doing her thing. And I'm like, shit, okay. It, it, like, she she's so damn unique. I, I absolutely love it.
0: It's fucking incredible. Like, it, she's absolutely incredible. From singing her theme song on the way down to the ring to just the way she wrestles. She... she I, I can't even sit here and say she did any cool moves because a lot of the shit she did was just kind of like throwing her body around and doing some dumb shit. Like, but it went with everything that she seems to be as the as as this like reckless spirit uh, of a character. She was just some shit straight out of like Street Fighter. Man, she was awesome. She was uh, a refreshing addition to the women's you know division, and I know Neo loves her. He, he agree. No. Yeah, never he's... mind. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Jeremy, go ahead. What are your thoughts on Maki Ito? He loses his floor time.
1: Uh, I think anything really ridiculous in wrestling is a lot of fun and <laughs> over the top and extreme and her reaction to Jim Carnett talking shit about her when she said she was like the deity of shit and like covered herself in <laughs> chocolate was yes. amazing. So her Twitter game, her social media game is on point. I very entertaining. I look forward to see what they, they have in store for her.
0: She also had an incredible clip on being the elite, where she uh, uh, the the Dark Order were talking about how they lost Anna J due to injury and that they could never replace her. And Maki walks into the room and flips everybody off and says, surprise, motherfuckers! And then they all erupted to cheers, like, yay, we found our replacement! It's the (laughs) best shit. I I continue to enjoy being uh, being the elite very much. Uh, But yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I thought Thunder Rosa was very much needed for this women's division. I think that they're continuing to build and add really unique you know, women to, to this division. And I think that's what they need at times. I feel like they might've gone, you know, too much in the direction of trying to bring in, you know, like really good performers, really good wrestlers, people that have a great reputation of, of being a technical wrestler or whatever, but I, I need characters. You know, I need, I need people like this that are more than just their wrestling ability. A you All right mizunami yeah
1: i was saying like her she's a big elaborate character yeah
0: right right that's what i mean Yeah, yeah right no absolutely it's just more of of that i don't i don't know i think it's just a television thing i mean like you can have all the competitors you want but you know they they need to strike that right balance between you know people that like Britt baker is has become an amazing character on television, you know, like at, at, she has continued to evolve as this heel and has just gotten better with time. And that's something that's really cool to see. She has definitely grown on me from, you know, when, when I first saw her on AEW television. Uh, also at the tag team championship match. I was really hyped about this, even with how much I hate Chris Jericho. I got to sing his theme song um, live and I've never gotten to do that because i didn't know the words the first time um and i don't care if i'm supporting him or not it's just a banger it's a bop and i enjoyed seeing it uh the young bucks defended their tag team championships against jericho and mjf uh there's a lot of like son father combinations you know jericho and mjf and sting and darby there's there's a lot of dads with their kids out there fighting other people and i really like that i really like that um, this match, this match was like they're fighting the kids that the rowdy kids that live on the, uh, at the house old, next those door. Those
1: young bucks down the road. Yeah,
0: those young bucks next door <laughs> from, uh, from Cucamonga Rancho Cucamonga. I, I love this match. I thought this match was great. At times, uh, I got a little exhausted by the false finishes and the the kickouts, but falseies. It was it was really good.
1: Yes, it was 100% the best match on the show, uh, in my personal opinion. Yes. And you can't not expect the Young Bucks to deliver. And I'm so glad these belts are on the finally on these guys. Because it's what we wanted the entire year when the show or the damn company started. Like, get the belts on the Bucks. No, we don't want to put ourselves over it and everyone get mad. Who cares? We need to see it. So it's, I'm glad it's finally happening.
3: We knew it was coming. Yeah, you eventually. Know. So, we were just titillated,
1: <laughs> clamoring. Just we're waiting with bated breath.
0: I think they wanted to build up the tag team and make the other teams look equally important, you know. But I, I think oh, what I you get said ya. is, I catch you. No, it's not though. <laughs> really, it's the first thing you said. I felt like that with everybody in the elite. Mm. You know, like they didn't want to put Kenny over as the first champion, and they didn't want to put you know the Young Bucks over as tag champions too early. They had to wait, let it simmer, and let everybody kind of forget how involved they were. In oh, it's the totally the right move. It. I'm
1: just being selfish and, a, and an idiot. So,
0: but yeah, it's, I, it totally worked out. It 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 is. But then you know, Cody also had no problem mm-hmm. not waiting very long to.
1: Uh, he's a know, son of the dream baby he's following his daddy's footsteps
0: uh, check out the go big show on uh, you know whatever channel it's on tbs he's incorporated that into his titan john and TNT, i think that was the no? most agree uh no i'm pretty sure it's on tbs uh, but the it's the most station. it's sister the most station. egregious thing ever is that he, he incorporated that in there Uh, You did say that was the best match of the night and I will agree with you, but I would say that the other best match of the night was uh, the casino tag team Royal. I thought that was really, really fun. I thought that they had, they had a lot of fun spots in there. There was a lot of different stories being told for me personally. It was kind of hard to keep track of what the hell was going on all the time, but uh, the end result of death triangle coming out on top as the, number one contenders for the tag team belts is awesome and it was just it was was fucking rad it was rad i I love those guys i love to see those guys succeed i think ray phoenix is the most talented wrestler in the company uh that guy just does shit that other people can't do and i've never seen other people do
1: i say strong contender for the best wrestler in the country right now
0: yeah yeah Yeah. like i think that's what made him and Pentagon
3: is such a like, good... best wrestler in the Western Hemisphere.
1: Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Above the equator, we're talking, but you know
3: <laughs> a lot of qualifiers. Uh
1: so, so Ray Phoenix
2: versus Okada Dream. Match. West
3: of Brooklyn. Yeah. I'd even uh, take Ray Phoenix versus Osprey. Like, give me that. Yeah. I mean dope. Yeah. Osprey well, I do is... have a question for you, Derek. Yes.
1: AEW has some bangers of entrance music. Uh, how were those in person? Cause they they seriously have some great tunes. The Sammy Guevara tune. I don't think he was on the show, but that's a banger of a song. How was the actual presentation, audio wise and visually? There, it,
0: it was all really cool, man. I, I really enjoyed it. The songs, like I said, the one of the very first thing I was greeted with was Makiito coming out to the ring and singing, you know, her theme song herself. That that part was incredible. I will say in, in some of the best songs were the guys in the in the casino battle royal. So then their theme songs were like five seconds long. It was super disappointing. Especially bummer. once yeah. especially once Jungle Boys song hit and we all just wanted to sing it so bad and it was like, oh 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 and that was it. We were like, oh, hey, keep it going, man. Like, You guys paid a lot of money for that song. You should play yeah. it all the time. So, so with this being, you
2: know, having some similarities to a Royal Rumble, there were 30 men in the ring, uh, you know, came through the ring at some point, at least uh, being eliminated in a similar fashion, all that uh they did not f around when it came to hey somebody's entering the ring every 90 seconds like they just had that clock up there it counted down to zero and it flipped right away to 130 and it's just we're going 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 nothing is stopping
1: the countdowns like i i i respected that i I thought that was well done every other royal Uh, rumble clock has been kayfabe like hella bad this is totally yeah yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah right that part was refreshing and i mean especially on a night like this like um, you know, the show started pretty late for what I'm used to because it's an East Coast show and I don't attend those. So like the show starting at eight o'clock, 830 seemed incredibly late by the time this was going on. I think it was like 11, but uh, th- th- there was just um, some huge pops in this in this match that I loved personally. John Silver coming out <laughs> as I think the third Dark Order tag team in the match. Yeah fucking people went nuts for him coming out and i just love that that guy has done such a good job of getting over with his his personality and and his wrestling at the same time like i i posted a clip a while back that the dude just has a fucking extra gear that most guys don't have and it's incredible to see him go when they like let him loose and do his little Tasmanian devil thing uh it's just it's, it was really cool because he's one of my favorites and i don't think that they I don't think they ever put him in a position of being popular necessarily based on success. It's just people love him. He's just just a lovable guy.
1: His uh match with Brian Cage at PWG where he was like match yes. matching muscle was oh like god. he was so over there
0: dude. He was Oh ridiculous. my god. Yeah. I love that match so much. That was when I fell in love with him originally, right? But then again with with wrestling and indie wrestling being the way it, it was, I don't think I saw him again until AEW television. That was the last time I saw him like in person. Uh, but yeah, it was was really, really crazy. Uh Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy had an insane spot uh during that match. I I I just I loved everything that we got out of it. I I really did. Uh then we had the AEW women's championship match, which I did not watch. So go ahead, guys, take over. I had to use the bathroom and the line was very long at this you point. You used because... it actually for a
1: piss break match? Legitimately? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, shit. Well. That's okay, buddy. Yeah. Sometimes you got to, a brother got to pee. I mean.
0: If it helps, I al- it. I also missed a good chunk of the beginning of the Miro and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck
3: Taylor match. You got to get the official AEW diaper next time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So
0: they'll hook you up.
1: Actually, the catheter, it's, it's a little bit more expensive, but Ooh. they put it in for you.
0: Well, okay. All right. That's good to know. I should be comfortable, though. I, I <laughs> should not, not have been two fisting drinks, so it's that was probably serious. where my mistake was. It does uh, have but,
1: the logo on the bag, though. That's the one cool thing.
0: <laughs> it, it didn't sound like I missed too much, but uh, I was talking to Neo yesterday, and Neo actually said he liked the women's championship match very
3: much. Yeah, it was definitely one of my favorites. Sheeta and and uh, Ryo Mizunami. They just put out a banger match. I it's definitely one if you have a chance to just rewatch, you should just because, again, it's just uh you know women's Joshi Pro Wrestling really making its grand stage. Sure, it wasn't the main event, but man, it was just something really to to, to marvel uh, over. It was hard I, hitting, I, hard, uh, strong style. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say the one thing I remember about it was that. I could
0: hear the thuds hitting when I was standing in line to use the bathroom. And I remember wincing going, Jesus, like, oh, my God, I can hear those from all the way over here. I haven't exactly been watching the show from, you know, different locations. And Daly's Place is a small venue, so it's kind of echoey and wasn't too much of a surprise. But it definitely sounded like they were beating the shit out of each other.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I see these two actually f- uh, face off in Sendai Girls in like a multi-women tag match, and yeah, they always beat the crap each other. Joshi is awesome, dude. Like honestly, it'd be uh, rad if we like reviewed uh, like a Joshi show. I know we cover regular day-to-day wrestling, but it'd be cool if we maybe reviewed a Joshi show one time on this show if you guys be up for it. Totally I'll, do I'll do it down. I'll do it.
3: I know Schlag and I we've done one off New Japan shows. So I mean Yeah, we could
1: do one for like a maybe a big Joshi show that comes up, but Cause honestly because
3: Choco Pro just passed, right?
1: Honestly, I haven't I have been falling off. I that's why I'm more the reason I want to do it because I've yeah. fallen off. I used to watch Sendai early in the pandemic all the time. So but yeah, these ladies are great. It was an awesome match, and Ryomi Miyazanami is a, a fucking star, dude. She's dope. She's like the female.
3: She's like the woman version of Okada. Sometimes, in my opinion,
1: but she's also like the like the over the top, like in the rock, like smelling the crowd, and like I don't mm-hmm. know. She's like an amalgamation of all these awesome personalities, and she's a great wrestler.
3: Did you get to watch the uh, the uh, the the Japanese women's tournament on on YouTube?
1: I've been so busy. I have fallen off, dude. Now you're. It's ashamed. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it, it was it, great, dude. Because honestly, all the chicks are in it. Aja Kong's great, and when I saw Rio's in it, I was like, "Holy crap, that's awesome!" Yeah. That Sendai's or a chick from Sendai, another one's getting a chance there.
3: Well, and it, I mean, and the fact that you have Excalibur doing commentary, I mean, it's just icing on the cake.
1: Yeah, I heard he covered. It. Actually, I heard a lot of great ways. He did all of it. About How he covered it. Yeah. Getting all the names across, because honestly, anyone who's like uninitiated coming into something like that would be overwhelmed
3: yeah i mean it was you imagine jr trying to pull that job off fuck impossible, that impossible impossible he he did that when he was you know doing access tv and he was trying to cover njpw and he got a lot of heat for, for it
1: she's a hell of an athlete you know for a woman i mean even compared to a man she'd she, have to say that always <laughs> I, I hate when he always right. does it. he always compares like when he puts over a woman he's like i even mean even compared to a dude like he has to make us known
0: (laughs) everyone it's clear
3: by the way all athletes she's a big girl she'll fight a man she
0: could she could also possibly beat a lot of men up maybe just just so you know and i don't mean anything by that yeah all right
1: Uh, sorry (laughs) it's always shit on jr randomly
0: (laughs) he deserves it sometimes uh the stuff he's saying
1: about nyla rose tonight was just uncomfortable he's like she's so strong and thick like just like like a man. Why, why always you can't <laughs> uh So yeah, Jr. is ridiculous,
0: and let's move on. <laughs> All right, moving on. So uh speaking, speaking of, thick. I, I know
3: I know you didn't hear it because you were there, but the com the commentary that Jr. was doing during the pay per view was kind of rough. He sounded like yeah. he needed like a like a losage, oh, like yeah. a couple of them, some sort of like cowboy whiskey.
0: I'll I'll say that that's one thing that really disappoints me with AEW at times is just they are so they're so professionals they're so over overly budgeted it seems like it seems like they have everything you know wrapped up as far as their production goes and then something like that you know something like JR kind of ruining commentary at times or whatever Mm -hmm. like I know what you're talking about with New Japan where he was openly ignorant about the product you know he would say i've never seen this guy wrestle before but i like him and stuff like that and you're just like well how have you not like watch some fucking clips dude like this even guy if you haven't all, just
3: say what say you that? like
0: about him <laughs> yeah like not, <laughs> just forget that part say oh what's anyway. the
3: what's the rule of pro wrestling you, you highlight the good stuff you, you try to cover the bad stuff Right, and
1: right. it's like improv. You got a yes and. You don't just like come out there and say, "I am lacking all of this knowledge. Please fill me in while we're talking about the right.
0: show." Right, right. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh. Fill us in. Shit, Josh. Let's do we have on... any emails that's come in during the show? Yeah. Yes, sir. We do
1: not. <laughs> okay.
0: Do you want to talk about uh, Miro's calves being bigger than yours, Josh? Because I... holy shit, his legs are like tree trunks. <laughs>
2: I I I wanna do I wanna like have have a lineup with like me, Miro, uh and Bully Ray. Oh my god, listen, Who to, is this the
0: listen to this. Listen have, have you
2: have you seen my cover photo
0: on Twitter? Oh no, shit. Know. You, Wait, you, you, get, you, guys cre- you guys have created yeah. this monster. I know, we really have, and I'm fucking ashamed that we did. I am
2: ashamed <laughs> that we did I, I gotta say, like watching this match, I haven't watched any of the Mira stuff thus far. Not to sound like, you know, hey,
3: I don't know what's going on. Uh, you don't uh, watch the problem. You just sound
2: like JR over here. You but, sound like fucking JR. But having, having last seen him as Rusev in WWE, like seeing him now in AEW, d- the dude is in phenomenal shape for one. Uh, yes. He was already in pretty good shape before he left WWE, but he's on like another level now. Uh, but like he he seems to just have like this new energy and he's got a new lease on life and he's loving it and he's enjoying what he's doing. And that's the main thing I got out of this match was seeing him like just, you know, be what he is and and really get put over too like the announcers. I don't remember who said it, but somebody was like, Once Miro decides that he wants to go after that AEW title, like look out, and I'm like, holy shit! Like they're really, really talking him up, and and the way that he's being presented, like it feels that way too. You know, this this
3: particular match was that a big meaty match between him and just Cage. Like just give me both that. Just yeah, that's the that's the equivalent of just big meaty men slapping meat. And my girlfriend, she's like, oh man. Rusev has, uh,
1: got in a really good shape. I'm like, I'm oh, not got to worry about Rusev? Mm. Shit. Mm. But I got to admit, yeah, he's like, yeah, dude, he's gotten really lean and he's put on some actual yeah. more definition. He's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous looking. I, I think the one thing I thought during this match was and and Josh kind of just addressed it. I, I don't hear commentary, so I don't know what they're saying. But I was just sitting there thinking how crowded is this house right now? with all of these really talented guys. And Rusev is here playing essentially a, a bodyguard heavy role for Kit fucking Sabian, where their gimmick is that they love video games. Like, it's really weird, and it doesn't seem like he's But he does love video games.
3: A, I love video games,
0: too. We all but, love video games. But he, Eric, well, he has
3: a Twitch channel.
0: At the end of this most recent... I event. have a Twitch
3: channel, too. So do you. We all have Twitch channels. I don't. But he makes money from his Twitch.
0: I make money from my Twitch too. So do you. We all make money from our Twitch, Neo. None of this There's money is new in Twitch.
3: Information. That's this is um, why this pod should be on Twitch. No, you're right about that. That's definitely
0: Josh. Come on, get fucking step your game up. But I, but hey, I don't Miro know. I said
1: you didn't hear commentary but you must have heard the man say that playtime is
0: over that's correct playtime is <laughs> over no more video games do um, my music <laughs> that, that was so rad <laughs> i like that they are doing long term stories with these guys right so it feels like he has been facing off with the best friends for i don't know his entire time in aw House. which When I fact check, that is true. He has been feuding with the best friends the entire time. Take it easy. I'm just saying, I'm just saying.
3: That's the thing though. Like I would, I I find this type of storytelling more refreshing because at least it's making sense because he's going through each of the people in that little best friends faction. Sure. And I'm not against that. I'm also not against
0: it being a long-term story. Like, like I said, they have a crowded house. So to get somebody involved in a program that is entertaining and keeps them occupied storyline-wise for a while until they're ready to give them some sort of push, you know? Like, that's fine, and I'm down with all that. It just it seems like a lot of these guys came over to AEW with gripes about their position in WWE. Rusev, based on the story he told uh, with his last booking about Angel Garza uh, kind of getting over on him in a match where it didn't even make sense that he got over him on him on the match. So basically, Rusev got pissed and went over and beat the crap out of Angel Garza and tossed him out of the ring and threw his hands up. And there was a rule in WWE about not throwing your hands up after you lost as a baby face, and Rusev did that. And he went backstage, and Vince McMahon met him and was – actually happy he was like they were gonna bury you out there and you didn't let him and then he told rusev that he had a bonus for him and the bonus was that he cut him the next day and that's how rusev's time in wwe ended
3: good right, Jesus. You know? like <laughs> that's he was
0: he was all pissed because he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't even feuding with angel garza so he didn't understand why angel garza would get the pin over him in the match and like just a lot of stuff that happened in that particular match you know that he didn't like and you know he got he got really pissed when angel garza was like hot dogging up on the on the turnbuckle after the rusev throughout the storybook. yeah exactly (laughs) um but that's what i'm saying though is like he seemed more upset about (laughs) what they were doing with him character wise and i guess my opinion is I didn't really here. think they were doing much more with him in AEW than he was doing over there. This match, though, seemed
3: built around making but him look amazing. Now what you this have, match, you know, now you have Rusev in the same universe as Maki Ito. So who knows? Like oh, that's right. There's so much that could happen, right? That's right. yeah, um, yeah and then the fact that you'll see him against the, you know, again, like people like Lance Archer, Brian Cage. I mean, you, you don't need to blow the load this his first year. I mean you know, give him time. Let him marinate. You don't.
1: Yeah, I was don't. the guy who was like, man, we can't saddle this guy with Kip fucking Sabian and Penelope. Like,
3: yeah, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Penelope. Penelope. Yeah. Uh,
1: but I, I guess it has worked out in the long run because I just thought they should have this guy come in and just murder and wreck house on everybody. But you're right, man. It's a, It's a crowded house. A very crowded house.
3: Uh Yeah, and speaking of crowded well, that's, house That's why they're uh, going to have AEW Dark Revel. what do they call it? Elevation? Re- Re- Elevation.
0: You know, and it's funny you say that because Evolution. I've noticed even the Dark matches have been getting higher profile wrestlers on them, right? Like, for a period of time there the Dark matches had a lot of indie talent that weren't even signed to, to AEW They were just being asked to come do a match with somebody well, and no, essentially kind of kind of like, like a, i won't say a squash match but a match that's mostly going to make an AEW talent look but, good but really feeling
3: that back a little bit i mean you know I, as you know him by tk he was really like instrumental because he's like yeah there's no independent wrestling for the the greater part of just that whole south you know that southeast area right and so sure. he was you know getting these indie wrestlers booked on dark getting them tested for covid making sure they're safe and then giving them a payday. Right. So I think, yeah. I think on the other side of that, I think that's the, the other reason why I really appreciate dark because I mean, yeah, TK is probably a, a lot of bad things, but I th- I like the fact that he's still trying to support independent wrestlers and, and giving them a shot, you know, I agree hundred percent. I agree hundred percent. And I
0: never thought that that was a bad idea. I actually thought it was a really good idea. I thought that the way that they were kind of naturally, s- you know giving people a real opportunity to shine and if they did impress the audience and got people talking about them kind of like what will hobbs did right like will hobbs made a big name for himself in the AEW world on dark and that's how he became part of team taz next thing you know he's beating up sting in a fucking dirty warehouse
3: that's how life comes at you fast they they did a uh... <laughs> I like the I like that spot that he and, and Cage did it to Darby Allen when they just kind of swung him into that the that glass and wooden like little wall thing.
0: It was fucking it, incredible. It, it
3: reminded me of like what we would do to like you know my little but, brother into the pool,
1: when, <laughs> right? It fucking came back down on Darby's fucking noggin. It was ridiculous.
3: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that it was did. that was brutal.
0: Now. I they used this match as a way to cover up getting the main event ready putting all the barbed wire on the smart. ring and everything like smart. that so it was a real smart move right but the other thing I really enjoyed about it was the version we got was without commentary but had sound from the the oh, movie and it was so good that way and then I like I heard people saying on online like Man, this match was great, but I wish they didn't have the commentary over the top of it. And yeah, all I could it think was like, no wonder we enjoyed it so much because it was, it was like watching a fucking, it was like watching some awesome movie or I, I don't fucking know, dude. It was, it just started out of nowhere. It was just on. And then, you know, we didn't know if what we were seeing was an entrance video or what. Like we didn't know what was going on. And it was the weird Sting kids and Darby fucking wearing the mask and rolling down the street and all the shit. Just the way it was shot everything they did like that that was a perfect cinematic match yes
1: it's my favorite one that any company's done at this point like the john cena and bray wyatt one was really cool but super ridiculous and i i think that was probably the best one overall but this one was just so rad dude it's so rad
0: they've all had a level of humor to them Mm -hmm. uh in some way shape or form whether it was I feel like it was always intentional, right? So you had all of the Hardy stuff, always was funny, right? All of the Hardy compound stuff and the broken mat, uh, the the Undertaker batch just had its campy, funny horror movie moments that you couldn't help but laugh at. Like you said, the John Cena thing. I, I mean, even the the Money in the Bank at at the headquarters at WWE headquarters was fucking hilarious at times, right? This was just straight up, just. Green. Badassery. Like it was just fucking cool. It was just incredible. I couldn't believe that they did such a good job, you know, of making Sting look so cool in that particular match, you know. But it makes sense. It's a controlled environment. They could do a lot of stops and edits and different things, you know. I just, I popped for stupid shit. Like when he threw the bat and he actually made it up into like the open like area up on the next level like i i I just fucking couldn't believe that they put together such an amazingly beautiful thing
2: yeah agreed entirely uh even just the way that the whole thing kicked off with them getting in their vehicles to you know go to the venue where they're gonna have this throwdown (laughs) And, and and i guess that is where like i i probably and a lot of people probably started to like have that feeling initially of you know probably don't need the commentary because it felt like you know they're kind of almost sort of shitting on it at times it, like, it was almost like mystery science theater 3000 going on like they're comment you know, commenting like oh that's stings truck and all this like, come on we don't need that.
3: well and and this is kind of why if i could pick <laughs> who's doing commentary on this i'd rather have just excalibur taz maybe ski bone that's Probably T- it. Taz was so
2: really it is kind of. What you're really saying is
3: no, b- but, because Taz, but because Taz, but because Taz acts as another character in the match. Because yeah, he, i guess that's know, true. You know, that's he's true. That, he's a color commentator for his group. True.
2: Yeah, but regardless, that yeah, the match was so much fun. This this was my favorite part of the whole night, and I I'm not a Sting fan generally. Uh, but yeah, when I when I heard that Tony Khan wanted to bring him in, and his pitch to Sting was essentially, "Hey, you want to come do some cinematic matches?" Yeah, um, we'll pad
3: the shit out of you, bro. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> perfect.
2: It's the perfect scenario. I, I think that it's very well done, and I look forward to more of these.
3: Yeah, the biggest thing was the um was when like Darby did that almost like that two story coffin elbow coffin drop thing. Yes. That, that thing was looked nuts. brutal. It, it was it definitely went
0: into the
1: abyss. It was yeah. Crazy.
3: It was definitely like on par with Kenny's one winged angel during the stadium stampede. It's it was it's brutal. That's and that's it, I think that's the biggest thing that I that I continues to attract me towards AEW is anytime I've turned on to watch AEW AEW dark that just the wrestling just never disappoints it just never does yeah and no, even no. in a cinematic match
2: like this like they captured a brutal moment like that you know like there's there's no faking what they did or you know trick there's, camera there's shots shaking or, or, or
3: shaking of the camera like
2: yeah yeah it was straight up just like wow they actually did well that. it's
0: it's like what Beak said, though, about when they bro- when they put him through that glass and then the frame like landed on his head. That didn't look like that was even supposed to go down that way, but it just no. did. And they got the shot and the shots like, hey, it sucks. Perfect. We can stop and make sure he's OK afterwards and give him some ice or some shit. But like they got the shot. Right. Yeah, and- thank God
1: we were rolling and got that.
0: I mean, the difference here is that these guys are both the stuntmen and the actors. So when shit like that happens and they can have it zoomed in on their face when it's happening, then great. You know, honestly, that
1: that bat passing bit should be like a gif
0: that's for like friendship. Like somebody throws you something like, (laughs)
1: boom. (laughs) You're (laughs) so right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I I think I think the one thing I could say about being there in person was this was, you know, a a drive in movie situation, not to mention the fact that you had a bunch of people setting up fucking barbed wire and shit in front of us, which is supposed to be, you know, kind of distracting and take away a bit from your ability to watch what they're putting on the screen, because they didn't like dim the lights in the arena or anything like that, like they had full full on green lights, you know, shining everywhere. And, and, you know, no like hiding what the ring crew was doing. The crowd was still so into this match that you could just hear the oohs and the ahs and the gasps like traveling throughout the building. And that was awesome. You know, it, it really got even the, the live crowd there in person who was watching it the same way everyone else was to just be all in on it. I, I, it's the one thing i want to watch again you know it's the one thing i feel like i didn't get a chance to watch but i also don't really want to watch it with the commentary i I want to see it the way we saw it there it was like a badass music video or something like i can't describe it other than it did not need any commentary over the top of it i want to see the snyder cut the snyder cut yes i want the snyder cut (laughs) on Um, hbo max yeah no i mean um, no this no (laughs) this Well, yeah, it'll be on HBO Max, though, is his it will you'll have to watch Tom and Jerry in order to see it. But oh, it'll my come goodness. out early. Yeah. That
1: was good, you guys.
0: Yeah, good stuff. So uh, a couple other matches I want to talk about really fast. Adam Page and Matt Hardy wrestled in a match that was kind of fun. I love the Dark Order shit with Adam Page. I think it's tremendous. I, I, I just
3: get a big kick out of it. Well, he <laughs> bought a sweet lawnmower after all that. Did he? Yeah, nice. and then the Dark Order got to ride all over it. <laughs> That's
2: hilarious. He, he's come along, man, like as a babyface, as somebody who I'm legitimately like, yeah, I, I like when he comes out when he's got matches going on. So that, yep. that was my big takeaway from that.
0: Yeah, I'd never liked Adam Page before this. Like AEW has like solidified him as one of the top babyfaces in pro wrestling. He he's one of the only guys that could pull off a lot of Stone Cold gimmicks and get away with it without really being, you know, called like a Stone Cold copycat or he, anything. He makes them his own.
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah. different.
0: He really kind yeah.
1: of found his own voice toward the end of his run in ROH. Like, he really got good. He really got pretty good on a damn promo. And then when the New Japan, and then this new kind of emo alcoholic version of the cowboy that he does now is really fucking entertaining i thought it was gonna be kind of hokey and sad but they've really kind of parlayed into a
0: pretty good gimmick
3: yeah they, they could mean, have it doesn't sold go- AEW whiskey too and they never did
0: yeah oh, i'd have bought a bottle of it at the merch stand but it probably would have been sold out oh oh
1: all i've got is mjf gin damn it
3: yeah <laughs> non-fermented prune juice yeah. uh so J- I know
1: jr's barbecue flavored vodka <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: i did I, I did eat his meal at his favorite restaurant when in jacksonville and it was quite good so jr has good taste in breakfast uh we had christian cage was the big secret hall of fame signee that tony khan grew up wrestling and watching and Byron <laughs> grew up wrestling.
1: <laughs> I got to uh, see these matches.
0: Yeah, no, they're not.
3: They're not well, they're not televised. And then after tonight, now he's been put into a program with uh Mr. God of Pro Wrestling Kenny Omega. So two two Canadians now vying for that title like once again. Really, he's already in the World Championship title picture, huh? It's kind of assumed because today on on Dynamite There was a schmoz because, well, not a schmoz per se. Uh, There was a promo between Kenny and and Eddie, and Kenny asked Don to 69 him. And then after that, um, when John came out, you know, yes. When John came out, they started scuffling. And then at the end, Christian Cage came out and got in Kenny's face. Picked up the title so it planted some seeds so right. I, I think i think
0: this is uh, a, a major point of criticism for a lot of people have and it kind of goes back to the aw dark thing where we said that we're seeing more credible people put on AEW dark but in some cases those were people that used to be on aw dynamite and now they're kind of getting shifted it almost is like that situation where you're standing in a long line and instead of moving forward you move backwards because somebody had a baby that's what aw is starting to feel like where there is just so many people that's how coming the to F- aw Styles
1: probably fell back in tna dude like <laughs> it's right there waiting all of a sudden some other guy show up and then another motherfucker shows up and then another right. motherfucker yeah
0: I mean, it just, it, that's kind of what it feels like now. I say that because this promotion wasn't supposed to be WCW and that's what it's quickly becoming. We have this really talented roster and it was supposed to be about them and the wrestling and it still is right. Uh, And I know we're supposed to stay wrestlers don't care about titles or any of that other stuff. I know that AEW is taking care of their talent much better than WWE was taking care of their talent. But at the same time, too, it still feels very much so like this situation is kind of getting away from them quickly. You know, they just recently added Big Show and Christian Cage as new talent to their promotion. I know Big Show is not going to be wrestling, but it doesn't mean he's not going to be getting airtime, right?
1: Yeah, it's hard to be the big alternative when you keep on bringing in guys who were part of what you were an alternative to, you know? But I, still, these are credible talents that will fill out the roster and make their show a more credible show, like as far as it looks overall with the two former WWE champ Oh, wait, Christian wasn't WWE champion, but two former champions from WWE. So
0: yeah. I, I think it's a good move overall. Well, and you're right about that. The one thing they bring to a promotion like this with so much young talent is their experience, right? It's kind of like what you would say about a sports team that brings on some veterans, you know, to kind of hopefully bring their experience to the rookies that are talented and young, but don't have that experience. Uh, Especially when it comes to television, right? There's a lot of things guys like Christian and Big Show uh, could teach these guys a lot of things Luchasaurus, just because
1: he's a big man coaching from big show like that would be a great guy for him to talk to you know what i
0: mean like yeah. and I, I i get that i get that for the most part a lot of their talent has been working in limited capacity mm-hmm. so it's been like jake the snake being a manager to lance archer or pretty much everybody kind of being a manager or or a commentator this just feels a bit different because it feels like they were bringing him in to wrestle and that seems to be what they're doing. Same thing with sting, you know, they're, they're bringing these guys in the wrestle and it just doesn't feel like, you know, some of the independent talented guys that they were really excited about early on are getting those same opportunities. You know, Joey Janela was putting <laughs> on these amazing cinematic type things on his own, on the Indies that were very similar to what we saw with this match between Darby and sting and, and team Taz. And yet, you know, now he's kind of been pulled away from doing all of that. Joey Janelle has wrestled in GCW more than he's wrestled in AEW. So it just, it doesn't seem like some of those type of guys at that level are getting the same opportunities that they even got at one point early on when they didn't have as big of a roster. Yep. Joey Janelle is
1: kind of playing the Chris Jericho role in WCW, you know, except for he's not even getting any TV time, really, unfortunately, because, honestly, Je- Janelle was one of the hottest properties coming into when AEW started up. Like He was so right. hot, and yeah, the steam has kind of gone. I wonder if they've soured on him, because or, I mean, I can't say any particular reason, but I wonder what the reason is. There must be something.
0: I will say that there's parts of AEW that make me realize that any televised wrestling company is going to have certain controls over their guys, and so the problem is, is that wwe gets a lot of flack for the way that they control you know their their performers and rightfully so they are very shitty to their wrestlers we we talked about earlier on the all the streaming stuff just the way that they don't make them actual employees and they're, they're you know contractors and all of this there's still going to be a lot of control over over of any wrestling show over their talent you know, like I even saw Tony Khan giving uh, Bryce some shit because he was at Disney World <laughs> like a few days before the show or the day of the show or something. And he was like, aren't you going to come eat dinner in the bubble where we're all supposed to be staying? Like it, he was on social media basically kind of wagging his finger at Bryce a bit for being at Disney World by himself, you know? There, there. That, that's also goes up there with being unnecessary. Just like uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the, 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 other attack on the. That's YouTuber, a slide in the DMs right? thing, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't know. I fucking, I know my friends don't slide in the DMs to shame me, but that's different. Fair,
1: fair. And I gotta say, I real quick, I roll back. I'm, I'm speculating. Maybe they soured on Joey. I can't say for sure. I like. No, there's no I, reason to say that. You're probably right. It's probably just an overpacked roster, but they were pushing him strong at first and all of a sudden they just pulled back real hard and then they paired him up with sunny which actually was a cool tag team and then i, they pulled, I like that they pulled lot. that back entirely as well i so it's unfortunate because i really like joey's i right?
3: had some really cool vignettes too with like the whole like driving thing and yeah like, at yeah. the I, gas station where they yeah. kick the
0: guys sunny kicks those guys ass while joey's buying chips and shit inside like that was, was some cool shit
3: i was really hoping you know and and I was really hoping that they, that they would open that up and maybe do a little bit more of that on like dark. Right. And then, you know, once they kind of catch a lot of flack or not flack, once they get a lot of steam, you know, they can maybe elevate that to somewhere else because that's the thing. Uh, aew's kind of been this, I don't know, maybe call it a, the poster boy of inclusion, but right now we're yes. not seeing a lot of inclusion in the, uh, in the main show. Right. Um, you know, but again, their spots are still on dark on the on the free YouTube show.
0: I mean, you we, we could sit here and pick apart a lot of the things they're doing wrong on AEW, but really they're still trying to find their way, right? And so I feel like
3: this entire thing, um, you know, with... well, it just goes down to personal speculation at that point. Like it just depends how you personally feel. It does. Well, okay, like with Joey
0: for instance or just like i don't know like this phase what i'm talking about now is where they've been hiring these you know legends like like it's kind of on par with the big names that they would bring into starcast as meet and greet opportunities right you know the stings I wouldn't be surprised if Goldberg wasn't on a WWE contract. They'd even bring in Goldberg. I think he was speculated yeah. at one point. I, I th- you know, and I
3: think the re- the main. I guess this is just me personally. I just feel like, hey, there's a pandemic. These guys got to work somewhere, and you know, if if WWE is not giving them a fair shake, I can. It makes sense to me. Again, me that. Hey, if if AEW is giving them an opportunity, okay, why not? Let's just see what happens with it it AEW's makes sense still in for their guys, infancy definitely it, yeah and aew still in their infancy where they can make mistakes learn from mistakes you know and and really just keep you know keep on rocking and rolling i mean that's how i've been understanding it that's why like when people say oh it's the same thing it's the same thing it's the same thing in the back of my mind that's that's kind of been my personal justification like hey these guys got to do something you know and as long as you are well, not it, pumping the
1: main event picture with a bunch of people, I think I think we're on the safe side. It's, it's that's when it gets
3: yeah, nasty. you're, that's you're when crossing it gets dangerous. that line. Yeah, but you're crossing the line there.
1: Right now we got a guy who may be in the title picture, an announcer and then a cinematic guy. So I, I I think while you are right to worry, Derek, I think they're still safe now. And this these two guys especially kind of build legitimacy in my opinion having Christian and Big Show around. I think
3: so, anyway. And and I, well, the thing is, like, Christian, I feel like he can still go. <laughs> we, we saw him in the Royal Rumble, and he put on a very good show, right? Very sports entertained, you know? So I'm curious to see, like, what can Christian do without the restraints? On one hand, we've
0: criticized WWE, but understood at times where they needed to bring in, for instance, like I said before, Goldberg, right? right. Where we're just like, Why are you doing this? Well, why are they doing it? Because mainstream people still know who Goldberg is. So if they hear he's coming back for some reason, that'll pique the interest of people that don't already have a WWE Network subscription that aren't already going to watch the show regardless of who's booked in the main event. They're trying to bring in that different audience. And I feel like that's what AEW is doing. So I don't don't give them too much of, of... you know a hard time i'll give them the benefit of the doubt you know and on that same note the sting match that i just watched i I couldn't stop gushing about like 20 minutes ago so it's not like sting was brought into that company and not used in in a proper way i think it's been really cool the way they've used them and i think honestly the partnership with darby has been better than i even expected it to be I'm not saying your, your
1: concerns aren't unwarranted by any means. We're not saying that at all. I don't think.
0: Right. I just yeah. think the, the thing is, is that it's kind of like, uh, the inclusion that they were talking about, Neo, they talked a lot about it. So then they put themselves in a position to have to back up their own words. Right. They, I feel like they kind of did that when they were talking about what AEW was going to be originally, Josh and I were at their very first press conference in Las Vegas, uh, fucking freezing our asses off poolside and i remember there was a lot of talk during that show about the type of guys that were going to be in aw and they even like made certain like jokes about it not becoming wcw and it feels awfully lot like that is what it's becoming between the old timers and the wwe guys that are jumping ship and coming over you know as well and getting those guys are getting Ahead of the line of the other guys as well.
1: Can't deny that either. That's definitely, definitely true. Filling out their roster with X WWE guys is definitely going to give them that castaway or the ship of misfit toys. You know. Right. Right but it's, totally but it's but it's not
2: like it's not like Impact always had been where a lot of people could make that argument whether it was really fair or not but they'd make the argument that it was like WWE rejects like these are not rejects by any means that are yeah. ending up over in AEW. I think that's a key difference.
0: For sure. Um yeah, so we had just the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, invitational left. <laughs> that was the face of the revolution ladder match with Cody Rhodes penta scorpio sky lance archer max caster and the surprise entrant all ego ethan page which is fucking awesome just such a cool surprise uh again the christian i i was told by someone who will stay anonymous that we were all going to be extremely disappointed by the mystery um by the by not the not the ladder match person i was told everybody would pop for the ladder match person but i was told that everybody was going to be disappointed by the uh by, by by the legend that was signing and it was christian and i don't think that was the case as much but i get where uh, this person was coming from because so many people kept jumping the thing to the point where christian at one point seemed like a far shot but a lot of things uh, like what people were hoping for and then within a few days it was like everybody had forgot about Christian and was just talking about where CM Punk was in the world and if he was at the airport in Florida or if he was at the airport it's, in Chicago and if they saw him there and like those expectations just get getting uh, higher and higher to a point where nobody even if it was CM Punk could have been like yeah, something that would have made it. CM Punk can't live up to the hype of CM yeah, Punk even,
3: even he could <laughs>
0: live <laughs> up to that hype <laughs>
2: it's the ridiculous side of fandom man like people just let their imaginations get carried away and if the people who are actually putting the thing together don't live up to their wild imaginations like then they get disappointed like (laughs) i don't know that's that's why I, i personally i try not to think too hard about that stuff uh, because yeah you
0: can you can disappoint yourself that way like we saw all that stuff going on with WandaVision too you know like it's the exact same thing it's the exact same thing it's the fact that what we had was a mystery which allowed people to kind of have a fun like ooh, what do you think like uh, an open discussion who do you think it's going to be what do you think but then the discussion transcends just kind of being a fun throwing it around but let's see who it's going to be and people start becoming firm in their selections like no i bet it's going to be this person well i bet it's going to be this person you know and like or this motherfucker
1: kind of... kurt angle releasing a video of him like yeah his fuck ear him on... that was, tro- that was super tro- timely every Control, motherfucker yeah. that was so good i wonder if like kurt was sitting home was like hey
0: you know what i should troll these motherfuckers i know he was i know he was all his no. idea I think it was all his idea. You know why? (laughs) Because if you uh, follow Kurt Angle, you will have seen this past Christmas where he had a hilarious video where he was hanging Christmas decorations on his tree in his full gear and trying to tell like have his wife, tell him like how sexy he looked. And in the background, she was just like, why are you wearing that? Put that off. God, you look ridiculous. And he's looking at the camera, just like, Nope, I look I Looked good and it was hilarious. I didn't even know Kurt had that like sense of humor left in him. What we saw of him as the raw general manager was like a soulless, drained, (laughs) empty husk of a he definitely wasn't drained. (laughs) Oh, all right, sorry, he looks all right. So, we had a really good showing from everybody in this match.
1: What's Leo doing?
0: one of my favorite things i don't know what he's doing anymore i've been
3: sitting for so fucking long i get sore
1: no i understand but all the camera was going over the place like the world oh
3: yeah uh
0: i thought penta looked great in this match i thought lance archer looked great uh everybody except old cody rhodes which i don't really know what was going on with him i knew it was all kayfabe but people told me he really dislocated his shoulder which i think is absolute bullshit uh but whatever i'm guessing that's what they said on commentary Hmm.
1: I don't think they directly said it. They said, "I think Cody's really hurt," and he's. But yeah, I hate when they, especially when someone's like in charge of the company. I need to book a comeback storyline within the match for myself. It really has to happen. Like, God damn it, guy, just wrestle the fucking match,
0: or just go or away. He did say like, just get injured
3: and leave. He did say previously, like he's never won a ladder match, so that he had that going for him. And then um, apparently he's going to be in an angle with Penta now because today. Penta kind of went in on his arm injury and and talked about how he's gonna break his arm to the point where he can't Ooh. hold his baby girl. Ooh, oh yes! Oh shit. Let's,
2: let's get some Penta, new Penta, Underground Penta going on.
3: Well, yeah, I mean they had a banger match in Triple A like a while ago, so it'd be nice to kind of see that uh, kind of you know brought to stateside. So give me that. I, I would not. De- I would. I would definitely not mind watching that again.
0: He's been awesome as of late, which makes me realize that there's a good chance he was injured for a while there uh, because he just wasn't doing anything. Pentagon wasn't wrestling, but he wasn't gone. Yeah, they had a serious
1: injury. No, they did a beatdown angle.
0: Well, no, no. I mean, like, I know he's had some good matches and stuff, but I am just mean there was a period of time where again, going back to my whole thing about some of the talent they brought in that they weren't utilizing, that felt like Phoenix and Pentagon weren't being featured and i think maybe maybe he wasn't at 100 percent they didn't really know what to do with phoenix so that kind of also put phoenix on the shelf but then when you know when uh pop came back that's when they started having phoenix team with him more and such this just like josh was saying this was this was lucha pentagon in this match you know the shit he was doing the moves he was doing it was fucking violent and reckless and he was doing shit off the ladders and doing fucking all, all sorts of things that I feel like I haven't seen him do in entirely too long. You know, that guy is an incredibly talented wrestler, but like, it's his character. It's, it's all about what he is, you know, like just the strutting around the zero meadows shit, like everything about him is uh, entertaining and, and over the top. I I was, was glad to see him like
3: really fucking getting out there and, being violent and fucking evil in this match it was good he may have lost the match but he won the most braggado he won my heart he did
1: all the superlatives
3: well scorpio
0: sky won the match and that seemed to be really cool because scorpio sky has been a guy that got over big on dark as neo has talked about in the past i thought that they have told a great story at times but again my concerns are guys like him you know, they, they told a good story. They got their shot. And then it seemed like he just kind of faded away once he got his TNT championship opportunity. And then that, you know, then he didn't win his match.
3: Yeah. Uh, and I, I
0: don't I don't want to see that when someone like him had such momentum behind them. He should be like on Dynamite every week in some sort of angle, even if he's not going for that TNT championship when, when, that, he's, when he's that hot.
3: And that came to further fruition tonight where... He wrestled Darby in a really great match, mind you. Uh, and you kind of felt like it was going to go Scorpio's way. But in the end, you know, Scorpio didn't win it. However, uh, even though he lost the match, you know, he kind of became a new version of Scorpion, or Scorpio in the sense where he just went full heel on the motherfucker and almost broke his ankle. And he looked like he kind of liked it. <laughs> he, liked it. he was, look, he was looking at his it. hands he put him in like a heel and uh, like a leg lock and then after he let him go he was like yeah look what my hands can do look what my hands can do i'm gonna beat yeah. the shit out of this little guy they even next, put over him week. going
1: out uh into the the locker room that uh the heels came out of yeah the left the side segment he's like it's interesting. He went out the other side of the arena, like into the heel locker room. That's okay. the heel
3: locker. room I over like there. I like little stuff like that though. I know it's just hilarious. I like that, that when like Sammy yeah, like, did it, like so when Sammy left the the inner circle, he went to like the face side. You know, mm. I like little things like that. It's cool. well,
0: and and they have the crowd set up that way too. So there were some wonderful it's, chants it's super going tongue, tongue back and, and forth. It's like,
3: yeah, oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of chunk chubbs aka stingray from uh cobra kai was in attendance and he was there with what looked like his new mentor ddp so
3: i'm excited for season four of <laughs> cobra kai because i don't
0: know how things are going to go but i can't wait to
3: find out it's yes. going to be the stingray saga where he just beats the shit out of high schoolers yes <laughs> now
0: what you are saying is 100 percent correct because i think that uh like i didn't see all of AEW tonight but you know, as long as they have something like that happen to someone like Scorpio Sky and have it evolve into something, then I'm all for it. Like the one thing about professional wrestling that I constantly remind myself as a fan is that the story is not done. It's not over. We're, we're you know, just like we were saying on our WandaVision podcast about the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and how, how open it is and how many more stories there are to be told, pro wrestling is that same way. Sometimes you just have to be patient when the story isn't done being told yet and see where it goes this whole thing with Scorpio Sky sounds awesome sounds a lot like what NXT did with Swerve Uh, we had a chance actually to hang out with Swerve a little bit on Saturday night when we were in Jacksonville he stopped by the tattoo shop and uh, hung out with us and the first thing we asked him was why did you do that to Leon Ruff and Swerve just got this evil smile on his face, was like, I'd fucking do it again, is what he said. He was like, he was all, he deserved it. You know, I saw the evil in his eyes. And then two seconds later, he's showing me pictures of his pot belly pig and being all cute again. But when you brought up Leon Ruff, he was angry. And so it's a different side of him. And I love to see that. I love to see, you know, guys try something new. And I think that that's probably a really good move for Scorpio Sky, if not all of SCU. I've never really liked SCU as faces.
3: Yeah, SCU really? is looking a little, like they were in the crowd tonight watching um, Which side uh, were they on? Left side, right side? No, they were just in the crowd.
0: <laughs> I know, left left crowd or right crowd? Which crowd? There's a heel crowd and a face crowd. Was she standing? Was he standing next to Jade Cargill?
3: No, they were sitting in the stands. Oh, in the stands. Got yeah. it. Yeah. yeah and the, they've got it. an
0: angle
1: going on right now that if they, if they lose a match, they're, they're done. So, I was... I guess they have to say, nah, we were just fucking around. We're bad guys now. (laughs) (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's how you heal it up. You don't honor your word. Well,
3: well, in which, if you get a chance to watch that match, dude, Matt Jackson and again, Ray Phoenix tonight, it was another, another banger, dude. Just another banger. And that's why I like where the story is going, where you have, you know, Triangulo de la Muerte going up against the Young Bucks right now. And just, yeah, like the fact I want to see Pac versus Nick next. And then after that, let's get the, the actual tag team match going. Yeah, you know, why not? Like stretch yep. this out, like keep me titillated. <laughs> oh. Whoa, 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 coming hey, in. A SMR hot. podcast. Nice. This is Check why you it. should get a cool mic so you can say things oh, like Shakarona.
0: Moist Shakarone. Did you say moist? Moist. Moist. Roast. All right. Well, he brought up Shaq. So do we want to talk about Shaq being the greatest wrestler in AEW? Or was it, was, it was it good? Was it good? Oh, Shaq was great. I mean, Shaq it. was phenomenal. Chikoroni flipper. I could not believe how good Shaq was. Dude, I really I,
3: couldn't.
2: As, you should, as some, you
3: should. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, I, was, I was just gonna say like as
2: somebody who grew up watching like bullshit uh, pro sports athletes yes. do cameo appearances in WCW. Like, like even, even like guys from teams like nailed I like, like seeing Reggie Carl White Ridders. and yeah. like Dennis just Rodman. All that. It was always bad. Like 95% of the time it was bad. Uh, they, they nailed it. Like this was exactly how to utilize somebody the size with the size and athleticism of Shaq, like Shack-a-roni. focus on all of his strengths. <laughs> don't,
0: don't overdo it. Like it, it was perfect. I, I thought it was great. He was fucking great. Like, he did such a fucking amazing job at being a wrestler. It was, like, was like you spectacular. said, it, it's, it's easy <laughs> it's to be, shock, toxic. It, it's easy to be, like, lanky and kind of weird. You know, we saw Snoop attempt a uh, splash, and it was one of the most ridiculous looking things ever. <laughs> it's yeah. Shameful. <laughs> well, they were trying to put the guy far enough away, and Snoop waved him in. Like, why are you listening to Snoop? Snoop should be listening to you guys. You're the professionals. Jesus, well, well, Snoop's like Shaq the least was just, athletic man around. Like, right, right. And Carl Malone wasn't, wasn't all that so bad. Carl Malone, yes. Uh, well, you had LT versus Bam Bam Bigelow. <clears throat> that, was yeah, that was main event. That was one of the that was a matches. great match. Right. That I'm was arguably done well.
3: Yeah. But yeah, bad bunnies like out can out probably out wrestle Snoop Dogg. Oh, for That's sure. That's very true. That's the 24-7 champion. Put some respect on
0: his name. By the way, what a diabolical genius they are for putting that belt on that guy. Because he went and performs on Saturday Night Live while holding the belt. And guess yes. what he's going to do this weekend? He's going to perform at the fucking Grammys while wearing the 24-7 belt. So I feel, who's I feel laughing bad. now?
3: I feel bad for him, though, because he's got to lug that thing around and like yes going to yes. carry on. And, <laughs> and and carry look on over his on. shoulder all the time. You know? Yeah,
1: man. 24-7 is... That's 24-7, you guys. What it's
0: 24-7. You? Air power. I,
3: I remember when... Um, when when uh John Silver lost the BTE title to Sammy Guevara on on BTE he's like I'm fucking glad I won I'm getting tired of carrying that thing because <laughs> <laughs> it's so big and bulky
0: oh man it's good shit but Shaq was amazing and I'd give him a lot of credit not only amazing. for well not only for being able to do basic ass moves really well that any wrestler can do but it looks really good when a celebrity or somebody that can't wrestle but yeah you're right he did the he did the the Brody tribute, which, you know, you know, Cody was like, yeah, if you do this, they can't shit on you at all. But you know, he did an awesome power bomb, took a great bump into a fucking table.
3: It, like, was, a bomb. Was,
0: it, was, it was amazing. <laughs> Everything about it was so good. So hey, boys, I give him I so, I give so much credit. Yeah. We got to have a shack off. No. <laughs> <A shacklewood. laughs> oh, Check it off. Check it off. I'm shack it off. Shack each other off. Go.
3: I'm in my shack shack. There we go. I'm in my she shack, shack, shack.
0: <laughs> she shed. <laughs> shack drink she uh shake shack by the sea she shed. shed. Um let's fucking wrap this podcast up. I've had enough of all of you. Uh let's do winners of the week, so shall we? Josh, you can go first.
2: I, I was afraid we weren't
0: going to talk about Shaq.
2: Uh, he's my winner of the week, man. Like, oh, I, yeah.
0: Wait, let's talk about the tweet that exists out there where Shaq just says, hey, I'm hanging out with Schlizak, Jack in the Box. He's a cool dude. That tweet uh, yeah. exists. That tweet exists.
2: Shaq follows like less than 700 people. I am one of them. Uh, oh. yeah, I, I met him in the early days of, of Twitter. Like, I, I had a late lunch. Uh, I, I was working as a consultant. I walked across the street, from Jack in a Box at like 2 30 in the afternoon hey, for man. lunch. You want to get a Shackleburger? Sha- Shaq's in there, he's playing for the Phoenix Suns at the time. Yeah, Jack Der- in the Box.
1: We um,
0: had
2: Jack in the Box. I'm like, yeah. Shack
0: in the Box with a match. He's yeah. the
2: bomb.
3: <laughs> wow, it's, that's the tweet. 2009.
2: That's the tweet. Twitter in 2009, man. It was a different world. You should was,
3: You should reply to that soon
1: to say, hey, Shaq, it's been a minute. What up, dude? You <laughs> should kick it. He, he follows it to me. Jack I, in the box? I, I could slide into his
2: DMs, you guys.
1: Oh, no, my but God. It, but it'd be hilarious just like because people would see how long ago that tweet was. <laughs>
0: <It> just, <laughs> like, you
3: you oh, ghosted Shaq till 09 and then you finally <laughs>
0: reply
2: will you please
0: send him a dm and tell him what a great wrestler he is because i think that needs to happen
2: dude for sure uh and and honestly too (laughs) like i've i've met a lot of wrestlers in the last decade and i've spent time around a lot of big ass dudes and like shaquille o'neal like size wise and just like being impressive like just does not compare to so like like any of these wrestlers don't compare like i i'm sure big show would be up there but i've never met big show uh shaquille o'neal is just he's he's on another level um i'm glad that he finally got to do this because he's kind of like flirted with doing something pro wrestling with wwe like he's shown up a couple times like hit a, hit a chair behind his back like all that shit but like this was all like they 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 went all in with Shaq and and it worked. It
3: was cool. Well, and, so, and now that he's on the, the AEW brand, we can now get the match with he and Big Show, right? That never happened. Maybe. Who knows? So Who it's knows? there. Like again, there's just there's lots of wrestling to to go around. And yeah, you can kind of like hate a lot of it, but I am I'm at the point where I'm just choosing to like what I want to watch and choosing, you know, what I want to like. Cause man, wrestling Twitter really just burns you out after a while. Yeah i agree with that i mean it's it seems to be the same thing
0: unfortunately with a lot of fandoms it's not just wrestling but it does it gets to you after a while it, it's like twitter especially is we're, we're, it's here for the jokes right that's what we're we're doing on twitter uh i think that people take pro wrestling as a whole too seriously and it was a lot of fun to see this show in person i this was the first pro wrestling show I've seen in a year, besides that GCW Slab City debacle that I went to out in a state park that didn't even feel like I was really watching pro wrestling. Uh, but this was this was a lot of fun, and I will give them credit because this show was a blast from from beginning to end. Uh, no pun intended about the end not actually being a blast. So let's do winners of the week, and I already introduced it. We already so, Josh. Sure shosh you said check uh yep.
3: neo go next uh ray phoenix he's the winner of the year he's the winner of my heart all day every day ray phoenix for the win all right beak
1: tweet uh what we were saying about hating or loving maybe i love wrestling Unapologetically, even if it's terrible, I love it. I, I find an excuse to love everything about it. But my winner of the week is someone who everyone seems to be loving, and that's the almighty Bobby Lashley. oh.
3: Yeah. Monday night, Monday night, Lashley. He and deserves I, uh, it.
1: I honestly, the guy has been with the company so long, it's insane to me that they finally figured out how to present him. And it's crazy. It's awesome that the key really was kicking it with MVP. So. Yeah, it, it's dope it's really i love everything about it and yeah i just look forward to some good matches hopefully they pair them with somebody
0: awesome what was great to me was the last time a black champion was crowned in wwe mvp was in the same bar as i believe mega ran and neo x mm-hmm. were you there for that
3: shad was also there too yeah
0: yeah shad was also there and so it was pretty incredible that he got to be you know, from, from that point uh, to being with the company and being at ringside when Bobby Lashley was crown champion. It's, it's a very cool moment. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give my winner of the week to John Moxley. Uh, I thought that he put on a hell of a match. He gave a hell of a speech mm-hmm. afterwards to try to save, a, you know, a really unfortunate situation. Let's be honest. I think that What happened sucks. It sucks that AEW's taken so much, you know, kind of criticism for it. But it's also understandable. It was, you know, a a big fuck up, really. When when it comes down to it, it was most likely a fuck up due to safety reasons, though. So let's keep that in mind that you know they they didn't proceed because wanted to make sure that someone didn't get hurt, which might have happened had they, you know, left that explosives line up the way they did but john moxley did everything he could to not only cover for it but to like send us home at the end of the night happy it was also really funny to me to see him instead of leaving uh through the baby face entrance or the heel entrance uh he just walked back up you know the crowd and went into that little room that he comes out of which i guess he lives at Daly's place (laughs) so that's kind of fun to know he's the janitor I i didn't know he lived there um and i i just i really love the guy you know this entire angle was done to write him off tv so that he could go be a dad for a little bit with renee uh when they had their kid but i don't know if the,
3: what's that he came on the show tonight though
0: right like so it really felt like that was their intention and now they're gonna have to figure out another way yeah to write him off you like know they're, you play- can't they're,
3: have- they're playing damage control
0: well you can't have john moxley just get beat up and go off TV because we just know he's too much of a badass for that, right? So they literally tried to blow the motherfucker up. That's what they tried to do, just to make it believable that John Moxley wouldn't come back the next day to kick someone's ass. I, yeah, I
3: love him as a character for that. And, like, and that's why today's episode was nice because Don Callis he actually did a pretty convincing job to kind of like really spin this entire tale. The invisible hand is really pulling the threads you know and that's where that that's where 60 69 me uh don came came into play so you got to watch you got to watch that segment
0: well they definitely i i saw him laughing laughing at at moxley and telling them what a fool they made him look like so i felt just that little bit that i saw was a pretty good explanation you know they kicked his ass and then made him and his you know best friend from childhood dry hump each other so It was, uh, definitely when that happens. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) get me with that. Like every other weekend. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to what is this episode 436 of the steel cage. I don't remember. We've been doing this episode for way too long already. Uh, you can get us all on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K Neo is at the Neo X with an E C K S at the end. Beek is at James Vander Beak, And that's a J-A-I-M-S. Uh, and Josh is at Schlizag. Go there. You can look up his tweets with Shaq. He's best friends. They follow each other. Uh, but remember, the most important thing is all roads lead to at the Steel Cage. Send us an email so we can pester Josh to read them. Those go to podcast at steelcage.com and check out one of our very wonderful stores at thesteelcageshop.com as well as Jeremy's store at pentagonzo.com Yay! at, Thanks, aquateans. at, aquateans. at aquateans. <laughs> dot org. Um, There's he always has some wonderful shirts and you know what I get to see them before you guys do so ha, ha Dude, ha, I had
1: a ha. rad idea I'll share it here I'm going to do a boogeyman shirt but it's going to be a boogeyman shirt in a style of like beetlejuice so it's going to be like green and white and purple
3: make it go in the I've, dark
1: I I can't do that, but I'm sure it's going to be pretty bitching. If I forget, remind me.
0: All right. (laughs) We will be sure to do that. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, that's, I think that, I think that's it. Did I have any plugs? Oh yeah. There's other shows. I forgot. Uh, The snack podcast. We, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but, uh, we did eat grits and fucking m&ms so there's a podcast about that but it's grits and ritz. m&ms you guys screwed up no it wasn't ritz in m&m it's grits and m&ms Uh-oh. remember we talked about that you can't balance the little m&ms on the on, that, on the Ritz cracker
2: that that podcast episode is a wild ride I, that's all I'm gonna say about
0: it. <laughs> it's 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 emotional. Yeah, it's emotional. Uh, definitely not the outcome I was expecting. So buckle in for that one. Uh, and the most ambitious podcasting crossover that's ever occurred on this network occurred on Unfunny Nerd Tangent, linking together Unt and ATC Three and uh, Dates and Matt Mania and i don't know all sorts of podcasts but we were all on there having a good time talking about wandavision it was you know another home run from disney plus and an absolute joy to talk about but to not not speculate about too much to not get caught up in our own heads and head it just like people do with pro wrestling and everything else so just enjoy the things you like uh, have some chats with your friends but you know what don't take it too seriously. It's all just for entertainment. So that's why I leave it. And I thank you guys again for listening to this episode. But remember, kids, Kenny Omega can't build a exploding ring worth of shit.
1: Damn right. Yeah, you push me
0: to the